When you ask a child what they want to be when they grow up, the last answer you'd expect to hear is an alcoholic or a drug addict. We don't go into life expecting addiction, so how does a nasty habit turn so quickly into a debilitating dependency? Let's dive in. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Yes, and that includes sound effects. We do this by using true life stories of real people. I'm Timothy Gregory, and I've got a question for you. What do you depend on? There are healthy dependencies like family and friends, but there are also things we turn to that hurt us. Addictions can form when we depend on something that doesn't take away pain, but simply numbs it. And how do we get out of a despairing addiction once we're in it? That's what we'll be looking into in this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. Like Linus with his security blanket, our identity gets caught up in the things that give us comfort and quell the pain. We can hold tightly to addictions, feeling powerless to things like pornography, overeating, gambling, substance abuse, you name it. Things that are dependable in all the wrong ways. We latch on because it puts us in control, and yet, when we finally wise up and want to stop, we see that we were never really in control. In this week's episode, we'll look at a man who became dependent on the very thing that aimed to destroy his life. Let's get to it, folks. The true story of Bernard Bud Rauschenberger. think you're going? Headed home, man. I gotta get home. A few too many tonight, huh? Please, excuse me, excuse me. Whoa, 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 not so fast. You know that dude you got into it with at the bar? I I didn't mean to. Oh, you didn't mean to. You hear that, Mitch? (laughs) He didn't mean to hit Ernie. Ernie's one of the brothers. You messed with the wrong crowd tonight, man. Hey, boys! Come here! Get a piece of this! My wife, can I just call my wife? Please, please don't hurt me. I grew up in the countryside near Butler, Pennsylvania. My parents worked hard to care for all eight of us kids. I don't remember a single morning when my loving mom didn't send us off to school without a delicious hot breakfast. My dad was an inventor. He had patents for machines that stacked paper and sheet metal. I was a thoughtful child, and... I remember long Sunday afternoons watching my neighbors and trying to understand the world I was inheriting. Wanna play dominoes? Not now, Sally. Would you come look at this? What? That squirrel? No, the Tourelles. Across the street, see? They go to church every Sunday. And then, every week on the way home, they stop by that tavern on the corner, and Mrs. Tourell sits in the car and waits. Waits for what? She waits while her husband goes in and has a drink. Right after they've just been at church. I don't know about marriage if it makes you treat each other like that. I don't know about church if it makes you live like that. The man in our episode was determined to live a generous, disciplined life. This is the story of how he completely failed at it before he finally found the help he needed. The true story of Bud Rauschenberger, 
right now on Unshackled. My parents didn't seem any more interested in church than I was. At most, we attended twice a year on Christmas and Easter. When I turned 10, I got to start helping my dad in the family body shop business. I gained some mechanical skills and an understanding of how vehicles worked at a young age, but most of all, I got to spend time with my dad. All right, Snoopy, I'm ready for that wrench. Can I try? You betcha. I'll hold you so you can get a good angle on it. Which way tightens it? Remember the rhyme. Righty tighty, lefty, lefty Lucy. Lucy. That's it. <laughs> Oops. You're other right, Snoopy. Sorry. You know what we do to my staff when they drop a bowl. What? Tickle attack! <laughs> Stop. Stop, <laughs> yeah, All right, Stop. all right. Try that again, and that's all we got for today. Really? It's only lunchtime. I know. Work's been real slow. Oh. Well, most everyone I know at school has a family with a car, so... I could ask them if any of them need fixing. I appreciate that, bud. But I've talked to the other guys in business around town. It's the same thing. So, what are we going to do? We moved to Michigan, where my grandparents and uncle lived. Dad hoped there'd be more work there, but we only stayed for about six months. It was a rather unremarkable time. Us kids spent slow evenings out on my grandma and grandpa's porch. I have one vivid memory from that period. Sally, here he comes. Why is Uncle Ben walking so funny? I told you, he's been drinking. Now look. Is that even his car? I don't think so. He shouldn't drive in that condition. He isn't. He's just going to sleep in there. He does this every single night, I'm telling you. Wow. No wonder he's never at dinner. I never want to end up like that. Well... So far, so good, bud. Come on, let's eat. And yet, despite my intentions, it was only three years later, back home in Pennsylvania, that my best friend Donald, or as I called him, Toad, and I set about making homemade beer. It was quite the production. It's just don't squeeze the grain bag. I wasn't. You don't want to extract tannins. What's a tannin? Probably the color. Like, you don't want the color to get more tan than it already is. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. Are the bottles ready? Washed and boiled. I like this bunch that we found near school. I think we should start with those. Did you get the bottle capper? Yeah. You still owe me five bucks. Oh, yeah. Here. I'll give you the rest later. All right, man. Let's fill them up. One bottle down. Cheers. Cheers. We hid the bottles in a large toolbox in his mom's basement and put a big padlock on it. <laughs> we thought we were so smart. So, after we drank a few bottles... Boys! Quick, finish your bottle! Get down here right now! Oh, no. What is exploding inside my toolbox? That's not supposed to happen. There's beer all over my floor. We... Uh, Do not even try to lie your way out of this. We made that. It's our first time, so we might not have did it perfect. Uh, yes, I would say it is not perfect. What should we... Open it up and dump every bottle down the drain. Yes, ma'am. And if you make any more of this... this... Brew? If you make any more of this brew, I will call the police. It's illegal to make beer at home, you know. Let alone for two underage boys. wonder what we did wrong. Did you let it ferment? What's that mean? 
Oh, Lord, help me. Everyone attended the Saxonburg Carnival when it came to town. When I was 16, I had a particularly memorable day at the fair. What do you think? Great drop or the Ferris wheel? I need to let the funnel cake settle before either of those. Come on, hurry up. Look, there's no line for the drop. Excuse me, where'd you get that? Um, um, where did we get the funnel cake, Toad? Down by the entrance? The front entrance or the one by the parking lot? I'll walk you there. Bud, what about the drop? I'll catch up with you. Your name's Bud? Um, Bernard, actually. Uh, and you are? Nolene. It's my first time here. What are all the can't-miss attractions? Your first Saxonburg carnival? All right, you just stick with me. Uh, you like games? When I win them. Fireworks? Well, of course. You're not scared of roller coasters, are you? I don't bother with them unless they go upside down. Oh, we're going to get along just fine. Three months later, Nolene and I were married. I loved her with my whole heart, but I was headed down the same path as the uncle I had been so determined not to become. I started working for a trucking company and drinking every day after work. My boss, Don, was very patient with me. Roll your window down. <clears throat> Morning, boss. You sleep out here again? Oh, yeah, I suppose I did. What do you think? You feel good enough to drive on the highway? Um... Why don't you come work in the shop for today? All right, sir. Thank you, sir. Nolene and I started having kids, and I wanted to be a great father, but by the age of 27, alcohol and tobacco had a hold of my life. I was smoking three packs of cigarettes a day. Sometimes I'd convince Nolene to come out with me to the bars, and if we couldn't find a babysitter, I wouldn't let that stop me. What'll it be, bud? Shot of whiskey and a pint of whatever stout's on tap. Gin and tonic for my lady. Coming right up. Daddy, can I have a Coke? Uh, and a Coke, Jake. Thanks. Look, Brian, the pool table's open. Where's your sister? Under the table. Here you go. Go shoot a few rounds. <laughs> Show Lisa how to handle the cue. Okay. <laughs> He doesn't know how to hold it either. <laughs> oh, well. Keep them occupied. Close the tab or keep it open? Oh, keep it open. They're about to play our song. Come on, sweetheart, let's dance. I knew I couldn't keep going like this, but I didn't know how to stop. More than once, I thought about taking my own life and putting an end to my despair. I became another person when I was drunk. I wound up in lots of fights, including one particularly awful night when a gang beat me up outside the bar and left me in a ditch. But it all came to a head one year at our annual company Christmas party. Honey, I think you've had enough. I'm fine. I'm fine. Oh, watch yourself. Sorry. Bud, you spilled on this nice man. No problem. <laughs> Oops. Need help getting him home? No, we'll be... We're not going home yet. The party just started. Okay, you just seem like you've I had... I told you, we're not going home. Oh! Bud! Hey, Bud, get off of him. I'm not going home, Don. You're done for tonight. No, I'm not done. Bud, stop it! Bud! That's Don! That's your boss! Go home, bud. 
I hit Don. The man who'd hired me, cared for me, and shown such patience with my erratic behavior and irresponsibility. I'd given him a black eye and ripped his shirt. I didn't know what to do. After the three longest days of my life, I took a deep breath and picked up the phone. Hello? Don? It's me. Uh, Bud. Do I still have a job? Get to my office and we'll talk. Folks, we'll get back to Bud's story in just a moment. But first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 71st year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of, well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link, if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org, and then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check, Unshackled, we take checks. You mail that check to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now, back to the true story of Bernard Bud Rauschenberger. Hey there. Uh, Whenever you're ready for me. Have a seat, Bud. This won't take long. I am going to give you another chance. You're a good worker. But if you ever take a swing at me or yell at me again, I will fire you and have you arrested. Is that clear? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Thank you. Truck 6 is ready to go to Pittsburgh. I'm on it. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. I wish I could say that's when it all turned around. But before long, I was stopping at the bar again on my way home from work. One night after I left and started driving home, fully intoxicated, police began following me. When I got home, they approached me and I took a swing at them. I woke up the next day on the couch. My wife informed me that the only reason I got off was because they knew our relative, who was a state trooper, and Nolene promised to look after me. Another close call. Hey, Don. Finish the Scranton delivery. Just dropping the keys off. I heard about your weekend. <laughs> you gotta keep things exciting, you know? <laughs> no, I, uh... I feel bad about how that turned out. I, I do. Shouldn't have... Uh, yeah. Bud, I am not your father, but I am gonna give you some fatherly advice. Okay. Quit drinking now before someone kills you, or you end up killing someone else. 
I was still turning Don's words over in my mind when my family and I went over to my parents' house for dinner one Sunday. I couldn't help but notice something different about my sister Sally. What a feast that was. One of Mom's best, and that's saying something. So, Sally Bug, how are things? Well... Let me guess. Work stinks, but you've got a year's worth of herbs in your garden. Men are the worst, and uh, you're saving up for yet another television. Uh, let your sister answer the question, bud. Okay, but I'm right on a few of those, aren't I? Hmm. I do have a lot of basil. I actually brought some for you, but um, no... Work is, I mean, work is still hard, but I'm learning to accept that it's where I am right now, and there's things I can do to make it more fulfilling, like build more of a relationship with a woman who works next to me. How about that? And, and yes, I'm still single, but I'm coming to peace with that, too. <laughs> or at least I'm trying. <laughs> Trying to surrender that, which I have no control over. And no, I don't need another TV. In fact, I donated both of mine to some families in need. <laughs> Proud of you, sweetheart. I better help your mother clean up. Oh, we can do it, Dad. No, no. You're the guests. You seem like a different person. I feel like one. Did something... I gave my life to Jesus. I'm trying to follow him, and that's... Well, that's changing everything. I actually host a Bible study at my house. Would you ever want to come? Oh, I, I don't know. I make apple dumplings for it. Well... I'll make a dozen extra for you to take home. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> Next Saturday night. You want some basil? I wouldn't know what to do with basil. <laughs> I'll ask Nolene. I had no idea Sally's little church started praying for me. I just went about my business. The following weekend, I wanted to go out, but we weren't able to find a babysitter. I told Nolene I still wanted to go, and she said she'd stay in. I got up and put on my jacket. I went to the door. I put my hand on the door handle, but it wouldn't turn. I tried for a while, and then I sat down. After a bit of confusion, I tried again. Nothing. I went to bed wondering what in the world was happening. You're not going out? Uh, no. Uh, no, I'm not. But I prayed to God just now. Just now? Before you came in, I prayed, if you are God and you are there in heaven, please don't let my husband go out that door at night. You serious? Yeah. As I lay there... My life opened up in my mind, like a great big book. I saw all the things I had done wrong, pages and pages of choices I wished I could take back. The next weekend was my sister's Bible study. The leader, Bruce, shared with us about who Jesus is and how he had died for us. Afterwards, he came up to talk to me. Hey, who do you think you are taking home all these apple dumplings? Oh, well... Uh, <laughs> you must be Sally's brother. Yeah, bud. Uh, nice to meet you. That was some uh, sermon or talk or whatever you call it. Oh, thank you. Um, anything stand out to you? What you said about if I was the only person alive, Jesus would have done all he did just for you. That's really... I, I like that idea, though... I may be the exception. I know a bit about you. 
And I still believe that Jesus would die if only for you. Really? No, I know you're an alcoholic. Your sister and your mom are so worried about you. They're afraid you're gonna, well, die or end up killing someone else. I know. I, I want to get better. I, I really do. I, I want to receive Jesus' love. If he could possibly love someone like me. He does. And you can receive Jesus as your savior today. Is that, uh, is that what you want to do, bud? Yes. Really? Well, let's find a quiet spot and we can pray together. He led me in a simple prayer of repentance and I meant every word of it with my whole heart. On the way home, we stopped at one of my usual bars. Good to see you, bud. What'll it be? I'll uh, start with a shot of whiskey. Thanks, and... Vodka cranberry. Thanks, Jake. Straight away. So, what did you think of all that? Uh, it was pretty cool. I'm glad we went. Whiskey. Put it down and leave and do not ever come back. Bud? I heard someone say those words as clear as day. What is it? S something tells me that if I drink this, I'll lose what I found tonight. When you wanted to stop here, I wondered if what had happened tonight was real, but it, it seems like... No, it was. And, and I don't want anything to do with this. Hey, man, uh, here's some money for the drinks. I'm leaving and I'm not coming back. Okay, bud. We'll see you then. Let's go, honey. Over the months that followed, I poured myself into the Bible and church. And Nolene gave her life to God, too. I felt so grateful for God's forgiveness. But I knew that I wanted to make right some of the pain that I had caused. There were many I had taken advantage of, stolen from, and deceived over the years. I began making restitution. How'd it go? <laughs> you won't believe it. Okay. Guess what they said. I'm nervous. Just tell me. So, I, I go by our old place. Are they still living there? Knock on the door. Patrick answers. And the second he sees me, he starts scowling and he's like, what do you want? <sighs> oh, my. You know, the only reason they didn't evict us was because of the kids. Oh, I know. A and they'd see me coming home drunk all the time. They knew we were a mess. I'm surprised he didn't slam the door in your face. I said, sir... I've been saved, and I've given my life to Jesus Christ. I know I owe you some money. I don't know how much, but I'm sure you do. So if you'll just tell me the amount, I'll start paying it off. A thousand dollars. What? Pretty sure we owed him ten months' rent. What'd he say? Well, he calls Lydia over. Oh, my. Same thing. She sees me, she scowls. Oh, what does he want? He tells her what I told him, and she starts weeping. No. Says... She's been praying for me. No! And then she says, you ready for this? No! She says, young man, if you pay us for three months rent, we will call it even. We're glad you found Christ as your savior. <gasps> oh, bud! Can you believe it? You know, I've been wanting to erase so many things and just step into our new lives. But if you hadn't pushed into the past, I never would have realized. God can redeem all of it, can't he? We'll see. I still have a few more difficult conversations ahead. Hey, Don, could I get a word with you? Sure thing. 
Todd Mike here, about to head out for Scranton. Actually, uh, I was hoping to speak with you in private. All right, then. Let's go to my office. I'll leave these here, boys. Truck four. Oh, appreciate it. I-, I won't take too much of your time. I always have time for you, bud. You can't tell me you're quitting, though. I haven't got time for that. <laughs> no, no, it's not that. Thank heavens. What's on your mind, then, son? Uh, I-, I don't quite know how to say this. Um, when I was drinking, I used to back my car up to your gas pump and fill up. Uh, not one of the trucks. Like, my own car, my personal car. I don't have a clue how much I stole from you, but it was a lot. And I'm ready to pay you back whatever price you think is fair. You can just deduct it from my paycheck. Um, Maybe not all at once. Maybe I could um, pay it off over the next few years. Or or maybe all at once. Um, I'd understand that, too. I know I can't make it right, but I wanted to at least do this. You ever met my brother Tom? Is that the one who just passed away, sir? It is. I I don't think I ever met him, I'm sorry to say. He found God just like you did, right before he died. I see the same change in you that I saw in my brother. I'm just so happy to see you get your life straightened out. Thank you, sir. I'm glad to hear that Tom found Jesus, too. I feel like a new person. You don't owe me anything. I couldn't believe his grace. Through everyone's joyous and compassionate reactions, I was seeing a picture of who God was and how we get to be more like Jesus to one another. Later, I learned about a conversation Don had with my son, Brian. You waiting on your pops? Yes, sir. He's spray-painting the truck, and he didn't have an extra mask. Usually I would help. I know how to watch the hose. That right. Your dad's a good teacher, I bet. Yeah. Here's the fun thing about being in the office, though. I know how to break into the vending machines. Really? Helps that I run the place. I have the key. You want a soda? Yes, please. How about a candy bar? Can I have the peanut one? You got it. You know, Brian... I'm not your grandfather, but I want to give you some grandfatherly advice. I knew your dad before he got religion, and he was totally on the wrong path. I even thought he might wind up dead. I told him that, too. Wow. Now, I'm not a religious man per se. Never had much taste for stained glass and all that. Us truckers prefer the open air. But son, whatever it is that your dad got, You need to find it, too, because it sure changed his life for the better. Yes, sir. Can I have one of those? The blue ones are my favorite. (laughs) Mine, too. It took me about 14 years to finish paying off all my back debt. But with God's help, I set things as right as I could. After the last payment, I got an invitation to join the staff at Union Bible Seminary. Nolene and I are still in ministry together. I never thought I'd say this, but I am forgiven, and I am finally free. So, I'll ask again, friend, what are you depending on? Are you, like Bud, falling back onto the same old addiction because you feel powerless to do otherwise? 
Breaking unhealthy dependencies, big and small, cannot be done alone. The Bible says in James 4, 7, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Only when Bud repented and cried out to God was he provided with the means to get out of the vicious cycle of addiction. God gave him a supernatural strength to resist temptation, and in the end, with God's help, he was able to start taking steps towards being a better man and repaying his debts. Today, friend, reach out to the Lord and ask Him to help you stop your dependency on sinful sedatives and such, and cling to Him for true comfort and restoration. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. This week, we have a message from Jonathan Oliver. He writes, I just wanted to thank you for Unshackled. I've been listening for years, and it means so much to me. Well, thanks for the encouragement, Jonathan. So many of you have been listening to us for years, and, well, it's an honor to keep providing you with the same God-glorifying content. Now, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast. And don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled in Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. Also, this is the week for the announcement of our sweepstakes winner. Check out our Unshackled Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages to see who won. And stay tuned for your next chance to enter our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast sweepstakes. And next time... Greg! Do you have a minute, Rabbi? Yes, of course. Come in. Greg, you look anxious. Everything okay? You're going to be disappointed in me. That's for me to decide. Go on. Well, there's this girl, Laura, and I really like her, and she took me to her Christian youth group. And then? Suddenly I felt that God loved me, and I wasn't quite right with him, and somehow Jesus wanted me to know that he fit into all this. Hmm, I see. I don't know what to do. When Greg Savitt questioned his own heritage and beliefs, it started him on an arduous journey that would demand everything of him. This Jesus was getting harder and harder to ignore. Would he maintain his pursuit of the truth, even if it meant losing the friends, family, and reputation of his community? I'm Jewish! How could I believe in Jesus? Don't miss his exciting true story, coming soon on Unshackled. Heard in the true story of Bud Rauschenberger were Ed DiZallo, Charlie Babo, Elizabeth Argus, Michael Wallner, and Jeff Parker. Original music and audio engineer, Don Badorf. Sound effects, Michael Wolner. Recording engineer, David Pierczynski. Script, Samantha Beach. That's it for this week, so until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ. <laughs>